the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money. Call Rob, 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It is Rob Black and your money show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything goes on this show. I tend to stick to business news. I tend not to get too political, but on occasion we go there because that affects the the Wall Street. The Wall Street affects your 401k. The 401k uh, affects your ability to retire. It's kind of that simple. Housing prices are tied towards political action. Last year, we've had a lot of government stimulus and subsidies given to the housing market, both from California and the federal government, and that's stabilized issues. You're now hearing Meg Whitman attack Steve Poisoner about Prop 13 and and uh, his maybe taking it away from you. Ooh, scary stuff. Um, so with that said, you know, Wall Street and Main Street politics do combine on most occasions. So I try to tie them together for you. I try to make things show sense to you uh, in any way, shape, or form. Top of the hour, so I start with some news. Consumer prices dipped for the first time in 13 months. Inflation rose over the past year at its slowest pace in 44 years. That's good news for Wall Street. That was opening bell, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Now, overseas, you have... Officials are calling for 16 countries using the euro to halt certain types of short selling. That's the big story of the day. So the inflation news is good for America, but internationally there's something going on. So the Dow's down 67, the Nasdaq's down 19, the S&P 500 down 5. So today, on a day, world stock markets are taking a dive. Here's why. Germany is declaring war on speculators. Fox News Radio's Alistair Wanklin reports the declaration is alarming traders and people like me who want both sides represented in the markets. Germany has banned some so-called naked short selling, and Germany's chancellor says other countries here must follow. It's all about protecting the euro currency, says Chancellor Angela Merkel. If it fails, Europe fails. She said euro nations will likely launch a trading tax this summer. Critics of that say higher costs mean lower returns and might drive Europe's finance industry elsewhere. The news spurred a stock market sell-off across Europe Wednesday. The euro fell, too, hitting a fresh four-year low. In London, Alistair Wanklin, Fox News Radio. Look, I think shorts are a necessary evil in the market. Those are people who bet against the market. If you had everyone only betting long the market, basically you don't represent conflicts of interest. There's some companies that do need to be shorted. You know, when companies like AOL go from 6 bucks to 300 it goes too far too fast. And you say, you know, time to short this guy. You know, I believe in going the other direction. It's it's Or when you see a company, hmm, 
where the CEO is getting old and he's been the magic and the wonderkind. And uh, you know he's on his way out. And it's important to represent shorts. I, I, I really think they're an important part. So I think Germany and, uh, is messing it up. I think they're, they're doing it all wrong. Elsewhere, and back to the United States, month-to-month consumer prices declined last month when economists had expected a slight increase. But Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington says it's the year-to-year report that's making news. The Labor Department's consumer price index declined in April for the first time in 13 months, dropping a tenth of 1%, and core prices, which exclude food and energy, were flat. But while core inflation also rose over the past year, it did so at the slowest pace in 44 years. The increase of just under 1%, the smallest annual increase since 1966, largely because of the recession. So these are important things to watch. We're not getting a lot of inflation in the United States. We're not going to have a lot of inflation in the United States until unemployment dips below 9%. It's just not going to happen. Inside the report on inflation, the report says last month saw energy prices tumble by the most since March 2009, with gasoline prices down nearly 2.5%. Again, this is good. we got a low cost of money and no inflation. Low cost of money, the Federal Reserve says, until there's inflation, we don't really need to move it higher. Federal Reserve, in theory, fights inflation. Where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? Um, I think that's about it. I think that's all I have to say on inflation. So let's move on to maybe a more top story of the day kind of feel. It's it's the taxing soda argument. A couple months ago, I talked about this and, and how angry it makes you. There's an article in today's Los Angeles Times. Or is it the New York Times? I'm not sure. Uh, we're putting it up at our website later today, talk910.com, talk910.com. We're trying to make the website talk910.com more useful for you or more practically showing you what I'm thinking and why I'm thinking it. So there's articles that I'm pulling from the show's content there. Today I'll write a blog that will be updated later today. Last week I wrote a blog on, hey, if the euro keeps going to new lows, here's what you should buy and here's what you should sell. So there's good content there that I'm just not going to put on the show because, quite honestly, i got to impress my bosses. Number of big hits is important to them. Anyway, the classic way for lobbyists to defend clients' interest is to insist that they're not actually defending their client interests. So really, they say they're just looking out for ordinary Americans. We've seen this numerous times. Tobacco lobbyists, they spent years, years fighting regulations by claiming to be defending individual freedom and not the profits of tobacco companies. So people had the right to smoke. Now, the tobacco companies were paying these lobbyists to say that and not to say uh, it's critically important that we protect these jobs or critically important that we protect these industries. They were trying to hide behind the the right to smoke. Detroit's lobbyists did much the same to push back against the seatbelt laws and pollution laws. Now, Wall Street has spent months opposing financial regulation bills in the name of families and small businesses. The the newest one is Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, and these are big stories. rest of the soda industry as well, to a smaller degree. They're trying to defeat a soda tax that's in front of the District of Columbia. Now, so far, the industry beat back a soda tax in New York, and the industry beat back a soda tax in Philadelphia. And in keeping one of the federal health care's uh, overhaul bills, keeping them out of it. So the Washington Council in D.C. seems to be seriously considering a penny-per-ounce tax on non-diet sodas. Okay, there's already a weird issue there, because I drink Diet Coke, so I'm not going to get hit with that penny in it. Sent an ounce. Uh, okay, so I'm like, hey, it's not me. Now, this is only in the District of Columbia, which I visit. I've got roots in the District of Columbia. Now, it wouldn't tax energy drinks, and it wouldn't tax artificial juices. 
just basically Coca-Cola and Pepsi and other sugary drinks. Now, the soda debate is probably going to be around for for long, 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 long time. Cities and counties, they're desperate for money. They need they need the money to pay for schools and to pay for roads and pay for teachers. And look, the soda tax, you can tax things that are sins pretty easily because the people who aren't partaking in the sins say, I don't, I don't care, I don't use it. Like, for instance, you already heard me say, I drink Diet Coke, so I don't care, go ahead and tax soda. So I drink Diet Coke and water and, and juice, and that's it. So cigarettes, I don't care, go ahead and tax them to kingdom come. You know, it's easy to tax sins. Now, the tax that's out there, it appears to be one of the most promising ways to attack obesity, given the huge role sugary drinks play in the epidemic. What are they going to tax next? Video games? Because kids are lethargic? Playing a video game? Of course they are. So, ultimately, the soda industry is fighting back. They're fighting back with newspaper and radio advertisement. They say the tax would, would hurt hardworking, low- and middle-income families, elderly restaurants, and those living on fixed incomes. That, that's kind of stretching it a little bit. So the argument for a soda tax is the same as the argument for a tax on tobacco or pollution or big banks or expensive risks. When an activity costs society, we say that it should be taxed. So doing so, it accomplishes it in two goals. It discourages the activity and it raises money to help pay society's costs. In the case of soda, those costs come from higher medical bills tied towards diabetes, heart disease, and other side effects of obesity. And we're paying all those bills for those obese diabetics. In Medicare and Medicaid, you and I are paying it. So should we tax sugar? What do we tax next? Fast food or food cooked in a jacuzzi of grease? So obesity has become a significant cause of our swelling long-term budget deficit. What side do you fall on? Should we tax soda? Should we not tax soda? You tell me. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Or if you're out of the area, you can call 415-322-9101. That's 415-322-9101. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Show coming up. I've got what's happening on Wall Street and some of the stories that are moving the market, including those those inflationary numbers. I'm going to tell you why it's important. Also, I see a phone call from Jeanette in San Francisco on an investment idea. Stick with us. Rob Black and Your Money. Is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. Tis I, Rob Black. Sometimes I wish I lived in the King Arthur days. Being Arthurian legend, going out and looking for that grail. The only person who found the grail was ultimately the person who wasn't looking for the grail. Sometimes good things happen to your li- in your life when... You're not looking so hard when you're passive about it. Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. If you're out of the area, it's 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. You forget that, just go to talk910.com, and it's printed on my page. Let's go to Jeanette, San Francisco. Jeanette. Hi, Rob. I wanted to ask your opinion of the BlackRock group. I have two of their stocks. Um, One of them, there is some insider buying, but, the stocks haven't really done much. And then the other one, they cut their dividends. So I wonder if you have an opinion on the the whole company. Are you confused with the black rock versus the black stone? Well, I do get confused, but I'm trying to keep it straight. These two are both black rock. Okay, I can't help you. I don't have the right ticker for you. So um, hang up. Go find the right ticker. I got the black stone group. I don't have black rock. 
I always thought the Black Rock was a boat in the TV show Lost that had dynamite on it. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I can't look up ticker symbols. My boss will fire me. Let's go to Marie in Napa Valley. Marie? Hi, Rob. Um, I'm calling because a good friend of mine listens to you every morning. Oh, good God, that's pressure. I know, and wants me to call you. Um, About a home loan, um, I am almost upside down in a house. Okay. And have been in contact with a law firm called Cookson and McRae in Irvine, California, who have a package where I would pay them in three installments, a total of $3,400, and in exchange they would negotiate on my behalf to reduce the interest rate and or reduce the the, um, principal balance due. And I'm wondering if you know anything about this law firm or have any advice along these lines? Um, yeah, I, my instinct says don't do it. In large part, President Obama and Congress had to crack down on law firms that take money up front in order to negotiate for you. Um, what I would offer is, yes, you will gladly pay them. Yes, you yeah. will gladly sign a contract, but you will not pay them up front. Um, if you really, really want it to do that, my personal opinion is that you do it on your own. You would call your mortgage lender. You would ask for a loan modification. You're going to have to be aggressive because that's the only difference between you and an attorney. The attorney can't make things up and say, Murray's, you know, lost her job and she's got a tin cup in front of, of her house and, you know, she's selling herself as a prostitute. Like they can't make stuff up. All they can do is refer what you have. So what you're going to want to do is start with a budget. You're going to want to show the bank what you can afford and what you can't afford. Um, So you're going to have to put together a budget. You're going to have to put together a good spreadsheet, how much money you got coming in, how much money you got going out. You're going to call your creditor or lender, and you're going to, you know, be very brutal, honest, and uh, make it clear that the terms, you know, if they're not renegotiated, you're going to file for bankruptcy. Send everything in a registered letter. Paying late or being in default will greatly increase your chance of getting a lender to agree to a negotiation. Um, that's weird. you got to miss a payment or miss three I payments. I know. It's crazy. So a friend of mine did that, and he's had his loan modified twice. So he's on his own. Yep. So, and this isn't to say that you should pay late on purpose, but, you know, if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you should probably start thinking a little bit more strategically, in my opinion. So... Ask your mortgage lender for a loan modification if you're already behind. Lenders have entire departments dedicated to this. Okay. I sent in a mortgage payment three days late. Not late, just not on time. Mm -hmm. Three days than I normally do. And that's in a flag. My my mortgage company called me this morning and said, "Um, anything wrong? Do you need a modification? And this is a countrywide tied towards Bank of America. Okay, that's this loan as well for me. Yeah, you can agree on a forbearance agreement that will make your mortgage payment achievable for a certain period of time before it goes back to the original terms. So that's called a forbearance agreement. Okay. And and be sure that the terms you agree to are those that you can meet. Otherwise, you're going to lose all the leverage with that lender, and you're going to damage your credit even further. Make sure the terms are actually better by examining the agreement before committing to it. Um, anything that a law firm could do, you can do. So just know that. I would go to Google and, you know, I would Google in, you know, how do I mo- renegotiate the loan? So will you be able to pull it off? I don't know. Um, 
I'm trying to think of any other ideas that I can come up with. And Give me a second, and, and I'll, I'll come up with another one. And, and thanks for the call, and good luck on your situation. But right. a really good budget is critically important to say, honestly, I'm not, I could pay 3000 but I'm going to go broke. So let me show you what I can actually pay. So um, consider refinance that so if you can. You know, potentially you can go to a mortgage lender right now and, and do a refinance. I would say don't despair. Worst thing that can happen is you lose your home. I know that sounds horrific to say out loud, but, you know, I'll still love you. So if if my neighbor loses a home, I'd still love him. You know, I'd, he's still a good person. It, it's horrible because we have a, a heavy amount of shame in our head towards in, in, in situations along these lines. Um, I know that if you go to HUD.gov, you could probably get, you know, a really, really good um, explanation of, of step-by-step. Um, with any loss mitigation department, explain why you're not going to be able to afford the new payment. You know, that's important. So you're going to have to show pay stubs. You're going to have to show monthly obligations. You're going to have to show household income. Uh, once they get all your information, they're going to do a debt-to-income ratio, and they're going to get you down to that 31 to 40% if they can. So... It's going to take a long time. It's going to be a process, and again, you're going to want to document everything because that way you can say, ah, see the letter that I sent you on May 1st. Ah, see the letter I sent you on May 3rd. Um, again, start with a budget and, and know that you're up for a little bit of a a battle, so to speak. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You know, I talked about a, a soda tax earlier in the show. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And, um, you know, you could just look across the state of California and, you know, we're not funding the teacher's pension. We're not funding the public employees' pension enough. You're seeing teacher cuts in, in basically every school district. You're seeing unions losing and renegotiating and, and their members paying higher fees. And there's still shortfalls. In almost every single story I talk about in the state of California, there's shortfalls, shortfalls, shortfalls. There's not surpluses. There's shortfalls. So there's going to be more taxes or we're going to cut more services. We cut more services. We cut more jobs. We cut more services. We cut, cut quality of life. So there is no right answer. There is no right answer in economics. There's just compromise. So a company that I'm looking at right now, that's a potential investment idea. Um, Goldman Sachs is starting to talk a little bit about it. So, And they've got a, a beverage analyst. Her name's Judy Hong, and she's pretty good. And she talks about a company called Hansen Natural. Hansen Natural. Ticker symbol is H-A-N-S. And they make, you know, sugary drinks. They make non-soda drinks. So it could be one of those companies that has play the more we talk about taxing beverages and taxing sodas. So she she likes the company Hanson Natural. She likes the company called Brown Foreman. Brown Foreman makes Jack Daniels whiskey and Southern Comfort. Um, she's not crazy about it. She's just, she's good. She's increasingly constructive on the consumer staple sector based on her exception expectations of strong second half of 2010, which most of us kind of agree with. We should start to see some slight glacier-like movement in employment figures on the good side. As she said, she upgraded her coverage view on the beverage group to attractive as she anticipates improving volume trend. When you don't have a job, you drink water. When you have a job, you drink soda or coffee. You get the idea. She said, accelerating revenue growth, upside to both these stocks. 
Now, her favorite pick still is PepsiCo, which happens to be my favorite pick in the beverage world. Um, Hanson, they do Blue Sky energy drink. They do a lot of alternative sodas and juices and teas, um, dry juice mixes, smoothies, and what have you. So it's kind of a, a poor, not a poor man's Coke. It's just maybe a younger, hipper soda company. It's so Rob Black and your money show. Rob Black and your money. Coming up, we're going to talk about the boogeyman. We're going to talk about Freddy Krueger. We're going to talk about the one thing you don't really want me talking about. You're listening to 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money. trees he'd be the fertilizer he's rob black on 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. it's rob black shoe rob black in your money shoe rob black in your money shoe i got an email if you want to drop me an email please do i'm on that internet you can find me on the internet at deb, deb, deb. Who says deb, deb, deb anymore? Robblack.com, robblack.com. Um, but, yeah, my email's rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I got mail. Yay! I got mail. Yay! It's kind of interesting because I'm actually not doing a mail segment right now. I'm doing my inflation boogeyman horror story. But we do, like, the special ed dude screaming that he's got mail because it, it makes everyone happy to have mail. You know, it's kind of funny. I miss old mail. I miss people sending me letters and cards and things like that. I just got a card the other day from a, a family, and it was nice. It was just, you know, just thinking about you. You're a good dude. I know. You're, you're thinking, Rob, didn't your mother try to eat you as a child? <laughs> she did, but those of us that lived were, were, were close to one another. Anyway, I told you I'd talk about the boogeyman, and this is the one thing that I fear. I don't fear an up market. I don't fear a down market. I don't fear political regulation of the financial industry. I don't fear political deregulation of energy or deregulation of telecom. I think there's always going to be an opportunity out there. I fear inflation. Inflation means that my soda costs more, my house costs more, my taxes cost more. You know, it's inflating the waistline. I'm heavier kind of thing, you know? I think you're, you get where I'm going at with this. The one thing you should fear, not fear itself, but inflation. Consumer prices fell, though, in the month of April for the first time since early last year. And inflation rose at its slowest rate since the 1960s. That's good news. So the boogeyman, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Chucky, who's not that scary, still in the closet, still under the bed. They're not chasing you around the house with a knife. They're, they're in a controlled place. They're, they're banal and they're in inanity. They're controlled right now. So the decline in April inflation was pressured ultimately by energy prices, especially those for gasoline and natural gas. So energy prices fell about 1.4%. So consumer prices fell one-tenth of a percent. Now, here's why this is important. Consumer prices fell one-tenth of a percent. You're going like, Rob, that's not a lot of money. There's no wage inflation going on right now. Companies aren't saying, you know, Rob, we like you so much. We're going to have a we love Rob day and give you an, a, a bag of cash, which for the record, I like bags of cash. I think bags of cash are cool. 
When I used to be a dating man, I'd go out on dates with bags of cash, and the waiter would say, your bill's $200, and I'd just pull out a big old bag with a big old dollar sign on it and, and kind of flash my wad. So the volatile prices for food and energy, if you subtract food and energy, they're volatile. They rose. It was flat. It was flat. So food and energy is volatile, so you, you take it out of the consumer price index. So right now, I think what you're seeing is a continuation of a very soft trend. Now, that's good news, right? Fed won't raise interest rates anytime soon. When the Fed starts raising interest rates, it's a game changer. What was easy growth for some companies now becomes tougher growth. What was low interest rates on bonds becomes higher interest rates on bonds. So when interest rates start to move higher, people start to make different decisions. The euro getting weaker is a game changer. Do you see what I'm saying? In the last month, Wall Street became a different beast. The reflation of the U.S. economy, not the focus. The deflation of the euro and the subsequent um, consequences is the focus. So that's why inflation is so, so critical to me. Now, I'm looking at the jobless numbers, and the jobless numbers is why there's no inflation. It's easy to put one, two together right now. And as long as unemployment stays above 9%, retailers' pricing power is nil. It doesn't exist. It's not, not going to happen. And this is a situation that could last for years. I don't think you're going to see employers. Ricky's not going to come in here and say, here, Rob, we love you. Here's a bag of cash. So chief economist for J.P. Morgan, he remembers the phone calls two years ago from clients freaking out about inflation. Two years ago, we were talking about it. For the better part of the 2000s, we've had pretty low interest rates. In large part, you had old man Greenspan, head of the Federal Reserve, after 2001, 9-11. He started lowering interest rates to make sure that terrorism didn't derail the U.S. or world economies. There was a wide move worldwide to lower interest rates. And then, and then, about two years, three years before the, the, the reign of Bush comes to an end, we started raising interest rates. We started getting to the point in 2005, 2006, where the economy's doing okay. We feel good about it. Housing prices were inflating. Stocks were reflating again, coming off their lows. So we kind of got a little, little cocky, a little arrogant, and we started raising interest rates. What happened? It was a game changer. So just like Fed Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, he launched his campaign to prevent the collapse of the financial systems. He was pumping liquidity in the economy. He was making emergency loans to banks and buying mortgage-backed securities by the billions. He was also driving benchmark interest rates almost down to zero. Now, many investors feared Bernanke would trigger up a price surge as consumers and companies borrowed more to spend, spend, spend. So rates are still near zero right now. Liquidity is near an all-time high. We've got tons of cash in the system. We should be creating an inflationary bubble. There's so much money available to so many people at such a low cost. It should be, specu- should be created in speculation, but it's not. Companies have tightened their belt. They fired people in 2005, 2006 when interest rates started moving higher, when the economy started getting tougher, when the credit crisis hit. And they're, they're not hiring people back yet. Very, very slowly they've started to. So now retailers have felt the everyday low week feeling of how their pricing just isn't there. You're seeing, you know, companies like Walmart, they just cut prices on another 10,000 items. They got to get you in somehow. They lure you in with a case of soda for 2 250. 
You can't get a case of soda at the grocery store for two fifty. You can get a six pack maybe for four, but not two fifty. Walmart's lowering it. They're deflating the price. Twenty four sodas for two fifty. Ten cents a Coke. A Coke. Not that crap Safeway Coke. Not that generic Coke, but Coca Cola. Coca Cola. So and for those of you who drink that crap Safeway brand soda, I feel bad for you. You're ghetto. No one's ever going to tell that to you directly, but I'll let it pass. So I'd rather drink water than drink a Safeway brand soda. Just me. So Just me. I remember uh, that there was times my grandmother, when I was a child, would get that RC Cola. Blah. RC Cola was good for one thing. You could freeze it and make like a, a, your own little Slurpee for it. For some reason, Coke and Pepsi never froze quite as well. But RC was a good freezing uh, a soda mix. Anyway, Home Depot, the largest U.S. home improvement retailer, they lowered prices in March on flowers. You've heard the commercials. Hey, come to Home Depot this week as we've got a 10-gallon tub of Roundup for two fifty. So that's 50% off. So you, you can hear that there's no inflation. And that's good for now. Down the road, you want inflation. Now, hold on just a second there, Buck. What am I saying? You just said inflation's Chucky. Inflation's Jason. Inflation is, is Freddy Krueger. And you want it? Yeah, yeah. I want 2 to 3% inflation, not 4 to 6% inflation, or 1 to negative 1. It's kind of a Goldilocks thing. I want the fear there. I want a little growth there. But we're not going to get it until we get job growth. You're listening. That's a good thing. Good thing until there's job growth, and then you don't get it, and then there's a big problem. Anyway, and anyhow, it is Rob Black and your money. It's Rob Black and your money. Coming up, I'm going to talk Goldman Sachs. Stock is down. I'm going to talk Visa. Stock is down. And that's it. It's Rob Black and your money show. You're listening to me, Rob Black, and it's your money. So you call in 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Or call 415. If you're out of area, 415-322-9101. I'm Rob Black. <laughs> You're listening to Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black and your money show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I ask that you come strong to the microphone, have an opinion, or have the correct ticker symbol. Makes the show that much better and that much more more fluent. Uh, don't be afraid of me. I'm not going to bite your head off. If I find you uh, hurting other people, I'll dismiss you a little bit. But that doesn't mean I dislike you. It just means that I'm trying to make the show better for you know, the group versus uh, the individual. A lot of people think I'm talking directly to them, and it doesn't quite work that way. So anyway, a big story this week has been has been this week. Some days I forget what day it is. Big story in the last five business days. That's better. It's been the credit card transaction companies, and they're they're just getting hit really, really hard after showing an amazing amount of strength. Um, is it a buying opportunity, or is the day of the credit card over? I come back to this because I know a lot of you know that I like Visa and I like MasterCard, that I like Goldman Sachs. And right now these companies aren't in favor, and right now they're getting beat up pretty bad, short term. So Visa's up about 3 bucks today. It dipped all the way to about $70 a share after hitting a high of $97 a share. You got to know one thing. Stocks aren't meant to be at an all-time high every day. You want them at an all-time high when you're 70 years old and need the money. So the goal is to accumulate them while you can. So Visa hasn't been this low since September 2009. 
Not like since September 1949. It's bad. It ain't that bad. You have to go back, what, four, nine months to see these numbers? So that's not horrific, and yet people are pretty nervous. That's a good thing. When when a stock moves from 100 roughly $97, to $70, it takes some of the, the, the winners out. A stock is made up of both winners and losers. And when a stock's at an all-time high, everyone's a winner. Now, as a winner, I may decide to sell some shares and go buy a boat. As a winner, I may decide to sell some shares and go to Vegas and do a lot of cocaine. As a winner, I may decide... I can send my kid to college. You know, it, it, whatever the reason, you're cool with it, right? So Visa's getting getting pretty good to hit recently, and I like it. It allows me to tell investors, it allows me to tell professionals, pick up some shares now. Because now is a lot better than picking it up a month ago at $92, $93. So there's a lot of new proposals regarding debit cards in Congress. It's a little bit more at work here. There's the European debt issue and debt crisis. So, a couple years ago, Greece was spending money like a drunken sailor. They're they're spending money like a drunken sailor. And their citizens were like, hey, life is good. We're drunken sailors. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. Let's go buy stuff. And now Greece isn't spending money like a drunken sailor. So, their sailors, i.e. the Greek citizens, they're not spending money. So, there is some ebb and flow to spending. And that's the simple way of looking at it. I think um, $70 in Visa is incredibly a good, attractive price. Can it go lower? Yes. As far as MasterCard goes, now MasterCard eh, kind of got that, that we're not Visa feel to it. Still a pretty good company. MasterCard's a little bit more international as far as um, the appeal for it in other countries. That's $200 stock, and I like it at 195 to 200 I like Visa at $70. What I, you know what's funny? I like Visa even more at 65. I love Visa at 60. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to have your stocks at an all-time high to feel good about yourself. So elsewhere, Goldman Sachs. When you take a look at this one, this one has been a crazy round trip. And if I had a buy-sell recommendation, I would put a buyout on Goldman Sachs right now. The sell-off started with the legal troubles. Today you're still seeing Lloyd Blankfein in front of Congress and trying to explain, you know, his very complicated business in the world of financial markets. The sell-off started with those legal troubles, and it's become a broader issue, you know, and it's testing some support from 2009. So it's a company that will lead the market higher. It's also a company that will lead the market lower. At 140, I like it. So for a longer-term trade, I'd be looking for a move back to 180. I think you can get 40 points out of it, and then at that point in time, it doesn't become as attractive. Let me put that in a different terms for you. Let's say it's my mom. I'll buy her at 140. But you know what? My mom's really not worth $180 a share. That's my valuation. I think she looks cheap. She cleans well. She cooks well at 140. But yeah, I can hire you know something better with a little less risk and a little less maintenance at 180. So you got to start changing the way you think about stocks. Just because it's not doing what you want it to do doesn't mean that anything's wrong. I know that makes sense. I know it does. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Here was a story that I found today. It's a California story. And it's a great story. It's a fantastic story. 
And this shows you what's wrong with society. And I, I like pointing out what's wrong with society. But also I like pointing out what's great with society. So, well, there's two stories in Northern California today that really struck me. California. A Northern California first grader. First grader has been suspended from school because she scratched out a picture and she wrote a comment in her own yearbook. School officials said they're sticking by their decision. Now, a girl named Natalie Day, she's seven years old. She spent Tuesday at home. Her Yuba uh, City School said disruption. Scratching the picture of a classmate out of her yearbook, it, it basically she wrote in it because she's rude. Her own first grade yearbook, she scratched out another girl's picture and said she's rude. Now, I can understand how that would hurt that girl's feelings, but ultimately, she also wrote, she's been a bully to me all year. Now, I can understand what it's like to be bullied all year and wanting to scratch someone's photo out. Good God, when I was in ninth grade, I probably scratched out a girl that wouldn't go out on a date with me's photo. I probably put, like, a mustache on her in my yearbook kind of thing. Like, the thing that I don't like about this story is it's the first grader's book. She could do anything she wants to it. And this, to me, strikes it, – it shows you that California is so effing pretentious. Like, we have to suspend a first grader for scratching out another first grader's photo in and, and her own property. Now, if she said, I'm going to shoot her in the head, that's totally different. I get the suspension. I don't get the suspension. I think, again, it just shows you that we're too pretentious. And, again, I'm not an educator. You're not allowed to call teachers teachers anymore because the, the janitors, the janitor staff, the, the school bus drivers, they're all part of that kind of same union thing. And so you have to call them all educators. So a bus driver is now an educator. I know you're thinking, are we that politically? Yes, we're that politically correct. Okay, and the other story from California that I kind of like. No, nah, I don't like it because I feel bad about saying this. Authorities are investigating the suspected homicide of a woman whose body was found stuffed in a suitcase floating in the San Francisco Bay. Man, let's start thinking about if you kill someone, what would you do with it? What would you do? A citizen pointed out the suitcase to firefighters returning from a bay rescue. San Francisco fire spokesperson Mindy Talamed said, A young child saw the floating suitcase and told a relative who alerted firefighters of its location near Embarcadero and Folsom. So police said the unidentified woman appeared to be in her mid-30s and was in a fetal position. When I heard mid-30s, I'm like, please let it be my ex. Please let it be my ex. And that that thought, I'm like, no, because then the police are going to come and talk to me, and I don't want that. So I took that thought right out of my head, right immediately. But what a horrible way to die. Can you imagine living your whole life and then end up in a suitcase in the San Francisco Bay? Can you imagine finding that suitcase? And thinking there was gold in it or something and open it up and finding a 30-year-old woman. So hopefully they, they catch the person. And again, I'm sorry if I'm making fun of it. I'm not trying to make total light of it. I'm just trying to say um, odd stories in North California today. Odd, odd stories. Now, Facebook and Zynga. These are, again, Northern California. If you go up 101 or if you go down 101, you'll see signs for Zynga. And, you know, they've got the, the incredibly popular Farmville. Now they've got Fishville. They've got Mafia Wars. Uh, Facebook and Zynga have, have buried their kind of pitchforks for now. The two Silicon Valley companies, they issued a joint statement with a five-year agreement officially puts an end to the game of corporate chicken. Basically, Facebook wanted to start using a virtual currency called Facebook credits, which would be used by all developers on their site. You, you would have to buy from Facebook 
Now, Facebook's taking a cut of all sales of that, clearly, right? That's how Facebook's going to make money. But Zynga, which is the fastest growing company in the Bay Area, my lovely and talented producer, Heidi, knows an employee at Zynga who says they've, in the last year they've gone from 100 to 900 employees. Wish I was part of that action. That would be fun. Zynga, they created Farmville, Mafia Wars, and several other Facebook games. Now, listen to this. Uh, basically, Facebook and Zynga, they kissed and made up. You know, Zynga wants all the money to go to them. Facebook wants a piece of the action because it's in Facebook's closed community. Um, in similar models, iTunes and Microsoft Xbox Live, the owner of the platform typically takes about a 30% cut. Developers receive 70%. Right now, Zynga's pulling in $240 million to $600 million in annual revenue. We don't know because they're private right now. They will become a publicly traded company. But that's a lot of do re me. Or a stupid little game like Farmville. Hey, Heidi's got a bull running crazy on her farm. What am I going to do? Like, people who play Farmville, I think they might be mentally challenged. I think that they might have the fork with the cork in it. I think they might be wearing a helmet. Because it just, it feels like it has to be the most inane thing in the world. But anyway... If if Zynga's making two hundred and forty to six hundred million, that means Facebook would make seventy two to one hundred and eighty million in this. So ultimately, the two of them kissed, the two of them made up, and Zynga said, "You know, we'll use some of these credits, some of these Facebook credits, in some of our future games, but um, not all of them. We'll, in coming months, we'll let you know more." I don't know. So I, for me, that's an interesting story, in large part because Facebook's going to become public traded at some point in time, and again, I. I think getting away from Facebook is tougher than than staying than 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 getting to it at this point. I'm in Facebook and I don't really want to cancel it because eh, I got my 90 friends. I really have the business associates. I really have the people that I really need. I have them, and I'm afraid if I shut it down, then you know I'll forget about that person. For instance, I got a guy named Dr. Greg. Dr. Greg is with Talent Planet. He helps people find jobs. The other day I was like, hey, you know, I may want a new job in my life down the road. So I called, I contacted Dr. Greg. The way I did it. Not my old email account. I went to uh, went to my Facebook, looked up Dr. Greg, boop, boop, boop. Uh, him and I are going to have a chat a little bit later today. So I don't really want to lose my Facebook friends. I don't really want to lose my contacts. So I get the, the longevity of it. Anyhow, anyway, it's Rob Black and your money. You can call the show. It is a toll-free number at 800-345-5639. Don't everyone have unlimited phone plans now or free phone plans for X amount of minutes? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. Coming up, headline news and more stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.